Hi everyone and welcome to Jola Speaks. Jola Speaks is intended to grow and equip us in our trust work with God. We all go through testings because we all go through seasons. No condemnation in Christ. God just loves us so much. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Jola Speaks. I hope you are keeping well. Hope you're having a wonderful week so far. God is amazing. And so today, I want to discuss how low can it go? I want to read from 1 Samuel 18, 12 to 20. It's a long scripture, so I would be fast, but I would encourage you to please read with me. So I read the NIV version and I will discuss in a usual fashion afterwards. So verses 12 of 1 Samuel 18. So I read, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David but had departed from Saul. So he sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men. And David led the troops in their campaigns. In everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. When Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. For all Israel and Judah loved David because he led them in their campaigns. Saul said to David, here is my older daughter Merab. I will give her to you in marriage. Only serve me bravely and fight the battles of the Lord. For Saul said to himself, I will not raise a hand against him. Let the Philistines do that. Scheming. But David said to Saul, Who am I? And what is my father, my family, or my clan in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? So when the time came for Merab, Saul's daughter, to be given to David, she was given in marriage to Idriel of Meholah. Now Saul's daughter Michal was in love with David, and when they told Saul about it, he was pleased. I will give her to him, he thought, so that she may be a snare to him, but so that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So Saul said to David, now you have a second opportunity to become my son-in-law. Then Saul ordered his attendants, speak to David privately and say, Look, the king likes you and his attendants all love you. Now become his son-in-law. They repeated these words to David. But David said, Do you think it is a small matter to become the king's son-in-law? I am only a poor man and little known. When Saul's servants told him what David said, Saul replied, Say to David, the king wants no more prize for the, for the bride than a hundred Philistine foreskins to take advantage of his enemies. Saul's plan was to have David fall by the hands of the Philistines, like we mentioned earlier. When the attendants told David these things, he was pleased to become the king's son-in-law. So before the allotted time elapsed, David took his men with him and went out and killed 200 Philistines and brought back their foreskins. They counted out the full number to the king so that David might become the king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave his daughter Michal in marriage. Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter Michal loved David. Saul became still more afraid of him and he remained his enemy for the rest of his days. And I stop right there. And so we read today, how low can it go? Now let's recap what we just read. So Saul was afraid of David because he knew that the Lord was with him. And so he started to scheme to kill David. Before this verse I read, he actually tried to, to stop him with despair, but then David eluded him twice. Then he thought, how would he kill him? He thought maybe he would position him in a way 
towards the Philistines so they can kill him. He tried doing so. David was successful. In everything Saul gave David, he was successful, even though he was scheming. He tried so many ways and he was plotting contest with different people to ensure that he kills David. But everything was to no avail. And now let's step back. Let's step back. Who was Saul? Saul was the king of Israel. And you see a king scheming this level because of a fear of one man. Saul had the whole Israel. He was the head, he was the leader of Israel. He left what God you know, have put his hand in God and tell him as king. He left that and was scheming to kill one man. He left the whole kingdom and was focusing on one man. He kept scheming continuously because he was so scared. Fear can be very powerful. Fear can be powerful. And fear is such a very strong root. And it can manifest in many ways. Like now, in this case, it was his fear was manifested through jealousy, anger you know, wickedness, hatred towards David. The people that were hating David, he didn't hate those ones. It was David that they were hating, that he hated. The fear was manifesting in so many ways through Saul to David. Now, the fear was already in Saul's heart intention. So he already went to kill David. That was his aim, he went to kill David. And that was what was in his heart. Now, because there was already this fear in him. It was like a weed. Now, I'll give an analogy as we go. That weed, right, was fueled by the thoughts, the certain thoughts that the devil puts in his mind about David. And we can read this in so many cases in the Bible, right? What we just read here. He thought, hmm, can do this. He thought. So, literally, his actions were fueled by the evil thoughts that the devil was you know, pumping into him. And the reason why he was able to force because Saul already had an intention. He was already in, in fear. And each time those thoughts come to him, it would seem very enticing to him. Because like, mm, that is good to think about. Okay, you know, can kill him, so I can kill him that way. Because he already had a learning fact. If Saul had no evil intention towards David, he wouldn't really care what the devil is saying to him. He'd be like, well, I like him, so he will ignore those thoughts. But because Saul already had very strong evil intention against David, those thoughts became so enticing for him to the point whereby he just kept getting lower and lower and lower. Like, can a king of Israel be scheming with his attendants for one man? A king of Israel. It is sad and it is painful to see and watch what fear can do, especially if we don't take hold of the fear. So I said earlier about, you know, using an, an analogy of the week. So I've been preparing my garden um, over the last couple of weeks and I have been looking and just going through the different things in the garden. So there's grass, there's weeds, and there were lots of weeds, there lots of weeds in the garden. There were so many weeds in the garden. It was mind-blowing, right? And because I was still in the, the soil, you know, removing the grass and all that, removing weeds, I know how hard it is to remove weeds. I know how difficult it is to remove weeds. And so um, yesterday I was doing some research because I saw one weed in my garden that I was very concerned about. And I checked what the, the, that weed was. And I, I was on the Google and all that. And my colleague that was helping me with my garden told me, oh, maybe it's, it's a Japanese nut weed. Now, thankfully, it was not that weed. But you know, I went to learn more about this Japanese nut weed. And I found out that this weed is a weed that grows and has roots like trees, like bamboo, very hard roots, grows deep down. and 
can also affect the function of one's house. And also, they grow so tall, over seven feet tall. And every single day, they grow 10 centimeters. That's like 10 times a plant will normally grow even more. And so before you know it, once you have them in the garden, they can continue the garden in no time. They will uproot all the other flowers, all the other, you know, plants in the garden and consume the whole garden because it is that, you know, invasive. And it not only affects, you know, the plants in the garden, it can go and affect the foundation of your house because it's growing up and down and the roots are so strong. They, you can hardly get rid of it. You need like, a professional to come and help you with it. And even that professional has to come with some serious, you know, uh, equipment to be able to remove that weed. And even if one tiny part of the stem is left, the weed will grow back. So it's very hard to actually remove from a garden. And when I was thinking about it, I realized that actually, fear can be like the Japanese nutweed. Because the slightest, you know, root of fear can grow and consume one's life in no time. That's all. Because of fear of David, he left the focus of his, his kingdom, Israel, and focused on one man, out of fear in his heart. And then the subjective thoughts that, you know, the fear was bringing to him. Fear. Fear. And we see that he kept going lower and lower and lower. From trying to kill David himself, he said to scheme. He used Israel as a bait because think about it, and I, I will discuss this as well. He used Israel as a bait because he was ready for David to go to the Philistines and the Philistines killed David. The problem is that David was the leader of the army. So if the Philistines killed David, most likely the other troops would be in trouble and they would have lost the battle. And guess what? No one knows what the Philistines would do to actual Israel. He was going to use Israel as a bait because of his fear. He also you know, gave um, David his daughter in marriage again as a bait to get him to go to war with the Philistines. How low? can it go? How low can it go? Fear can fuel things that we would look at like, did I just do that? Fear. And then you now pile up with the suggested thoughts of the devil that obviously will sound more attractive because one is in fear, then there's no limit, there's no bounds. And you know, if you look at the Japanese not weed, it's like for the weed, right? So the weed takes roots, but the only way it can grow is through um, rain and also sunshine. Now, for that particular weed, the sunshine, if you use the, the weed to represent um, fear, just imagine that whatever will make the Japanese nutweed grow is thoughts. So imagine fear as, as Japanese nutweed. The only thing that will make it grow and grow so fast and so, so mighty is thoughts. Because there's already a landing part of the fear and the weed in one's heart, right? Now, to make it grow, it is literally the thoughts. And acting upon the thoughts, like Saul was doing. So the more he acted upon it, the more worried and anxious he became. He had there was no bounds. There was no bounds. He kept going. He kept going lower and lower and lower and lower. And I want to say here that there may be other reasons why one is scared, right? Um, in this case of Saul, right, he was scared because God was with David and God had left him. For you and me, it may be something else. It, it may be something you know about our childhood it may be some fear we've always had in our hearts no matter how the fear came through it's still fear and the problem about fear is that it reflects it comes out in different ways like for such you know to jealousy hatred it killing etc and in some of us cases it may, it may be revenge it may be retaliation whatever it is 
is still the root of fear. Can I say here that if we are trying to respond and continue responding to those thoughts, we find ourselves going lower and lower, more anxious, more afraid, more frustrated. One truth I can tell you today is that it can stop. We can stop it. We can stop reacting to those thoughts. We can pray to God and to get rid of the roots of wherever that fear is in our heart. We all have fears, but we can stop how it is impacting us. We don't need to go lower. We can come up higher. We can let go of the anchor and just come up higher. No matter how low we think that we have gone, I will say this, there's lower and there's never ending lower. But at the same time, there's higher. Once we let go, once we have the heart to let go, to remove jealousy, to remove the fear, you know, to forgive whatever it is that's caused this fear, we can get better. Let's not be like Saul. They just kept on going and going and going lower and lower till death. But let's live our full life because when one is afraid, one is not living their full life because one is in fear. But when we let God have his way, we find that we're not living fuller lives. We are doing what God has proposed and predestined for us. And I will discuss this more tomorrow. But don't, let's not let fear, like the Japanese, not with, not with all our, our lives or the garden of our lives because we don't want to let go. No matter how enticing those thoughts are, no matter how interesting or intriguing they are to us, let us let it go. And so I pray right now, anyone, I know myself, that may be going to fear in any way, any form, that's causing us to think thoughts that we don't want to think about or even act upon them. Father, Lord, we pray for your mercy. We ask for your mercy and we ask that you help us to remove that very weed of fear, to remove whatever it is that is the learning part of faith and to also ignore and capture those thoughts that comes with it. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to me today. I just want to say again, we need to capture our thoughts. We need to capture our thoughts. Thank you. Bye-bye. And I love you.